With the light from a lone candle guiding her, Eva quietly got on her knees and reached into the crawlspace behind the wall of her closet. She tugged on the straps of the carrying case that held her camera, easing it from its hiding place. Most who lived under this roof were asleep. She came out of the closet on her hands and knees, candle clasped between her thumb and index finger. I can't believe you still have your camera. Her sister Minnie took the candle and set it on a nightstand. Eva stood, dusting dirt off her dress. She could hardly breathe for the discomfort filling the space between them. Her sister had disagreed with her buying it in the first place, and Eva had dared to hide it while their father sold piece after piece of their household to buy food. But she'd earned the money for it back when jobs weren't so scarce, and she'd rather go without food than her camera. Do you think it's already daylight in Maine? Time to get her sister focused on something else. Probably. Minnie rolled up a pair of black stockings and tucked them into Eva's hand-me-down suitcase. Eva dusted off the top of the camera case. I read that they're about 700 miles farther east than we are. Same time zone, though. Minnie slid a stack of underwear into the bag. I've, I've been thinking, maybe me and Mom are wrong, and this is a foolish plan. Eva ignored the icy fingers of fear. What could be worse than staying here? Piffle. She looked inside the camera case just to make sure it was all still there, the camera and lenses, and all the paraphernalia she'd spent years buying. She zipped it again, double-checking each compartment on the bag. Minnie blinked, looking curious and a bit hurt. What? Their quiet voices were only for each other as the rest of the household slept. You heard me. Would you prefer a different word? How about horseshoes, malarkey, hooey, baloney, or hogwash? I know what you said, but why? Because you're saying you've changed your mind while you're packing my bag. As if it mattered what Minnie or Eva wanted. Mom had come to Eva privately, shimmying with fear like a pond during a windstorm. She needed Eva to do this. The family was desperate. Eva had been a disappointment in more ways than she could bear to think of. But not this time. Not again. Minnie jerked an armful of clothes out of the bag and threw them onto the bed. They had ironed and folded everything before dinner, but Eva understood her sister's feelings were every bit as raw and torn as her own. Eva moved closer and placed a hand on her sister's protruding belly, talking to the unborn one. Your mom is a bit wishy-washy these days. All plans, no backbone to carry them out. She didn't used to be like this. Minnie was as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. But years ago, she would have gone into that room anyway. Now the changes within the Indiana Amish community had all of them wavering on what to do and clamoring for answers. Minnie placed her hand over Eva's. What if you travel all that way and they don't want you there? I don't know. It was all too much. The economy, the toll on the men's self-esteem, 
the fear that after getting through the worst of the downturn by her siblings selling their homes and moving in together, her family still might lose the house she'd grown up in, the house now shared by four families. According to her dad, it was fixable by what he called a godsend of a man. His real name was Leon Schwartz, and he was a kind and good widower with young children who needed a mom. But Eva couldn't imagine having to hold hands with him, let alone what her dad had in mind, marrying him and having his children. Eva looked into her sister's eyes. Mom's been putting back a little from the food money for almost two years, the whole time hoping God would show her the best thing to do with it. She thinks this is it, and I'm going. Eva got